Welcome, everyone, to Burgess Power Hour. Let me go ahead and mute the background, everybody. So welcome again to my Power Hour. We're in May, oh my goodness, of 2017. Tonight, today, it's all about responsibility is not a bad word and how to let go of attachment. OMG, what what a what a thing we're going to be doing tonight. So those of you, again, if this is your first time, welcome, welcome. Uh, if this is not your first time, welcome, welcome. And those of you who are Essence of Being graduates, love you guys and gals. Those of you who are not, I'm soon and soon to be, I'm sure, welcome. And again, just so that you know, if you hit star six, you should be able to... Um, Come in and talk to me because uh, we're very experiential with these power calls. And as usual, I will usually give you some information, and then you're going to do some experiential work around it. And we can you unmute yourself, and you can share a couple of things. So you can get ready to share some things if you choose to. And then I will give you a lot more information and some tools to use for the rest of the month. We're going into our summertime here um, in the Northern Hemisphere. So those of you who are listening in the Southern Hemisphere, you're about to uh, get into some cold weather, I guess, right? So welcome, everybody. So without further ado, I want to make sure that, again, you have something to write with. If you have something to write with, that would be great, and something to write on so that you can jot some things down, and we'll do a little exercise together. And if you're driving, maybe not so much, but you will get a recording. Those of you who did register, you will get a recording. Um, And if you didn't register, please let me know uh, that you want the recording. So it's burge at essenceofbeing.com. And, of course, the website is essenceofbeing.com and burgesmithlions.com. So burge is B-U-R-G-E, just in case you didn't remember or didn't know. Okay. So responsibility, what the heck is that? You know, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so happy that a lot of you are on the call tonight because usually when I talk about responsibility, it's like uh, I get crickets in the background. Because for some people, the definition of responsibility, you know, feels pretty heavy. So we're going to go into the different definitions of responsibility and perhaps give you different ways of looking at ownership, owning your life, having the freedom to change. Because responsibility is not a dirty word. And then we're going to go into how to let go of attachment to things being a certain way and what the differences are between being attached and being detached, being unattached and being detached. So it's going to be chock full tonight. So get ready. Here we go. Um, so the definition of responsibility for a lot of you, and again, if you have questions or if you want to chime in, just hit star six, and that should get you into the call so I can uh, hear you. All right. So some kind of think that responsibility is taking care of things, right, and people that you feel responsible for. So it can feel pretty heavy for a lot of people. They feel like, I don't want to be responsible for my money or for other people or for my life because it's heavy and it's hard. And as you know, I'm all about that subconscious belief system. And, of course, if you're saying to yourself that that's what responsibility means to you, then, of course, it's going to be heavy. And also, 
you could merge into being codependent if you're not careful. Let me take responsibility for other people. You know, let me be responsible for this other person. And and many of us think we are responsible for other people's emotions. And we're responsible for how people respond to us or how they react to us. So that can really get into that codependent place of I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to hurt your feelings or if I do something, it's going to make you feel bad and so therefore I'll feel bad. So that can really cause you to go into that codependent, unhealthy kind of relationship with people. So I want to give you the new definition, and those of you who have obviously done Essence of Being, this is one of our big key philosophies and things that we talk about is how to be responsible. So my definition of responsibility is the ability to respond. Simply put, Our ability to respond determines the quality of our life. The ability to respond determines the quality of our life. So if we are what I call, um, just could be review for some of you, uh, below-the-line behavior, and what I mean by that is anything that's below the line, which can be if you blame other people or if you shame yourself, or if you make excuses or feel guilty, that's all below-the-line behavior, meaning that it wastes time. Nothing changes. So just think about it. If you're blaming another person or an institution or an event or anything, if you're blaming somebody or something for your life, for anything that happens to you, then you, in essence and energetically, you're giving your power away to that person or to that event or to that institution. You're giving your power away. You're saying, go ahead, do it to me. Nothing I could do about it. I'm a big V or a big victim. I can't change anything. And that's heavy. It feels really heavy if you can't change anything and you feel stuck. So a lot of times people, when they get in that frame of mind, they start blaming other people for their experience of wherever they're at. And what happens is you start bitching and moaning and whining. I call that the BMW brigade. So when you start BMW, and just kind of notice, be mindful of when you're doing that, that if you're bitching about something or moaning about something or whining, nothing really changes. It might feel good for the moment, but it eventually comes right back to you. Nothing gets changed. So it's not a real good position to make a change, and it wastes time. It just wastes a lot of time. So if you find yourself in that blame mode, just notice it and say, okay, I'm blaming again. I'm going below the line. Now, if you're not blaming yourself, or blaming other people, you're blaming yourself, right? So that's shame. That's going into shame. You could be saying, it's my fault. Now, taking responsibility does not mean it's my fault. That's not what that means. Because if you are saying, if you shame yourself for something, you're also giving your power away by energetically saying, I am to blame and I feel guilty. 
And remember, if you feel guilty, that vibration or the way you feel can really create and demand punishment. So if you're walking around feeling guilty about something or in shame, you could be creating in your life more punishment. Either somebody or something comes to you and punishes you or... One of my favorites that many of us do is self-sabotage. We, we basically punish ourselves. So if you find yourself self-sabotaging or sabotaging things where things just can't quite make it every time, you get to a certain point, just can't make it, and you go into shame and guilt, that's not a really, um, uh, it's not a real good place to be in order for you to make a change. And again, you're giving your power away. You're basically saying there's nothing I can do about it. I'm going to beat myself up until I'm black and blue. And, of course, I mean that energetically and emotionally and for some of you maybe even physically. So, again, that's not a good position to make a change is shaming yourself. The other thing below the line is making excuses or justifying your position. People become very righteous about their positions to prove that they're right, even though they know it's not working for them. So they get really righteous. So if you are justifying or making excuses, you might be saying, um, hey, they always do that kind of thing, and I, I have the right to retaliate. So I'm making an excuse. They always do that. Or this always happens to me. So I'm going to make an excuse and say it's, you know, not my fault. So again, when, when when we say responsibility, it's not saying it's my fault. That That implies that there's some type of shame involved or guilt involved. So you can rise above the line, go above the line and say, you know what? My ability to respond to that person or that particular situation really can determine how I can change things or not. It's basically taking ownership. So the only way to make a change and have freedom from that endless cycle of blame and guilt and shame is to ask yourself, how did I co-create this situation? How can I change it next time? This is above-the-line behavior. And this is energetically the only way to shift out of creating the same events over and over and over. So once you change your beliefs, your outside world will be different and you will create a new pattern for yourself. You're free to make a change. So you are not responsible. By the way, you are not responsible for other people's actions or other people's thoughts, or other people's beliefs. You're not responsible for them. You're only responsible for your thoughts, your beliefs, and your actions. And if you look at it that way and say, you know what, that's true, I did, uh, I did get up late, so that's why I'm late. Or, yep, I wasn't clear in my communication to that person, so they uh, assumed something and uh, I was not clear. Next time I'm going to be clear. Um, Responsibility can mean freedom to create a better life and not be stuck in the same pattern. So if you look at 
Yeah, I choose to take ownership. Take ownership of your thoughts, your beliefs, and your actions because that is the only way to really rise above all of that ego stuff, all that shame and guilt and blaming stuff because it's a way that you can really say, I can do something about this. So remember, ask yourself, how did I co-create this situation and how can I change it next time? So let's go in and let's look at some of the stuff that you might be creating right now so that you can understand it in a real way for you. So if you blame somebody else, you give your power away. I'm powerless to do anything because it's not my fault. So this is a very, very high-level concept, and you guys are very high-level conscious creators. Remember that. You have the choice to create your life and how you want it. So what I want to do is I want to do a little exercise. So we're going to do something um, so you can listen to yourself. I want you to write down a couple things. So think of something in your life right now. Maybe someone, let's go there, someone in your life right now that maybe you haven't, maybe you have an out with them, like you just, you have some kind of an issue with them or Things just aren't going the way you want it to go. Some kind of a, maybe you haven't forgiven somebody for something. Maybe you're upset about something or someone. Just think of something in your life right now that you can play with this. I'll show you how to shift it. So hopefully you can think of a person. It could be something as simple as you know, I I don't uh, I couldn't get to work on time today. Or it can be pretty big centered around somebody that you love or your work or your belief systems. Or maybe even God or universe, you can really there's something that you have an out with that you just are upset about. Okay? So Hopefully you got something. What I want you to do is I want you to go ahead and write down, just take a few minutes here, a couple minutes, write down what happened, what happened in the situation. So just kind of clarify that for yourself. Write a couple sentences. What happened? Why are you upset? And if you're driving or if you don't have anything to write with, just think about it. Okay. Just finish up on what you're writing. Okay, so then I want you to write down who who wronged you. Who wronged you? 
And then the next thing I want you to write down is, what should they have done? What should they have done differently? What should they have done instead of what they did? Whether it be a person or an event, what should have happened? What should they have done? Finish up on the one you're on. And then next, write down, how could they fix it now? How can they fix it now? If they could fix it, how could they fix it now? How could it all be fixed? And then finish up on what you're writing. And then the last thing to write on this is, what's going to happen to me if they don't change? What's going to happen to me if the situation doesn't change or if they don't change? How am I going to feel? Finish up on that one. So just notice how you feel after writing all of that. Just be mindful of if that's heavy or light or you feel better or you don't. And then I want you to turn the page or use another piece of paper or draw a line or something because we're going to shift this feeling. We're going to shift how this feels and how you're responding to that person or the situation. 
So the question now you want to ask yourself about the same thing, same person, same situation, same upset. So now you want to say and answer this question. What challenge did I face? What challenge did I face? What challenge was it for you? And then write down the next thing would be, how did I choose to respond? How did I choose to respond? How did you respond to the situation, to the person? Finish up on the one you're on. And the next thing to write down is, what were the consequences of that? What were the consequences of how you responded? Action and reaction, right? There's a reaction to every action. And then finish up on what you're on. And answer this. Could I do something now to improve the situation? Could I do something now to improve the situation or how I feel? Could I do something now to improve the situation or how I feel?
And then the last thing I want you to write down is, what can I learn? What can I learn from this? What can I learn about me? What can I learn about communication? What can I learn about responding? So just notice now how you feel. How does this feel when you write down these questions? Is it empowering? Is it lighter? Is it a different feeling? Does it allow you to look at things maybe in a different way? And does anybody want to share anything? You can hit star six. If you want to share the difference or how you feel about either one. Hi, Birch. It's John Mark. Hi, John Mark. Yes. I, hi. How are you? I'm good, Mr. New York. <laughs> yes. So I I felt a big difference in the second second part. I thought it was expansive when I was asking the questions it, it, the, um, the the latter questions that it opened me up to different possibilities perfect so, ba- lot, so basically yeah. it opened up your uh, your filters in other words you weren't totally focused on it what's not working it opened up perhaps another way of looking at things yeah Exactly. And it also got me out of my own head or how I feel or how I was hurt. It was more about, well, what can I do to change this? How how can we improve this? Those are those were empowering and, and as I thought about it it actually got me thinking about, Oh, I could do this, I could do that. Perfect. Yay. Perfect. That's exactly <laughs> it, right? That's perfect. So that's that's it. I mean, the first card, you guys, is the first card is about being the victim or being below the line behavior. It's an exact experience of what it feels like to blame, shame, justify, feel guilty, whatever that is. So um, that is your victim card. So the other side, the second set of things you wrote down, is what I call that responsibility card. In other words, those are the things you can ask yourself when something happens and you co-create that, you can ask yourself, what challenge did I face? You know, how did I choose to respond? Or how can I respond instead of react? Many of us react. What were the consequences? And how can I improve them? How can I, what can I do right now that can improve the situation? And what can I learn from this? So it is a lighter feeling, right? Oh, definitely, yeah. Perfect. Thank you, hon. I appreciate that. Awesome. Who else My would pleasure. Like to Thank you. You're welcome. Anybody else want to share? 
just hit star six and you can share something if you choose to. Okay, so basically it's the same kind of thing where, again, you have this opportunity to really shift something. When you're in the middle of a reaction, you can stop, ask yourself, okay, how do I want to respond here? How do I want to take ownership of this? So it's a co-creation. That's the piece that a lot of people forget. It's a co-creation. You're co-creating the experience together. It's a dance. So do you want to step on each other's feet or do you want to just glide around and Tai Chi your way through things so that you can be in the flow of how it goes as opposed to uh, resisting it or pushing against it? Because when you push against something in your life, of course, what you resist persists. When you push against it, it continues and doesn't feel so good. It also makes you off-center. If you allow, if you allow your space to, um, as Jean-Marc said, just to express yourself, to open yourself up, to expand, then it allows other possibilities to come in. So trust and allow and don't ask how. My, one of my favorites of our workshop, Essence of Being, so, again, this is an opportunity for you to use this. Every time something comes up, you can pull out these questions for yourself and just say, what challenge am I facing? How do I choose to respond? What are the consequences of my response? Can I do something now to improve it? And what can I learn? So it, ra- it basically raises you above. Rises, you rise up above the line is what I call it above-the-line behavior, respond versus react. Now, how does this affect you when you're attached? Because the second part of this tonight was going to be, you know, responsibility is not a dirty word, how to let go of attachment. So so many of us get really attached to things. We want it to be a certain way, a certain person, a certain time, a certain amount. And, you know, we've heard Or maybe we've even said things like, I'm so attached to him, or we're attached at the hip. I mean, what does that mean? So we aren't actually attached to someone's hip, but it suggests some kind of a metaphorical symbiotic relationship where we can't survive without the other in that particular case. Not in the physical sense, but that without the other, we are not whole. So that could come up. Sometimes we get really attached to a person. And somewhere this attachment to another like a badge of honor because it can make us feel wanted or validated or worthy of love. But I'm going to challenge you guys, challenge all of us to see that this type of attachment is actually not founded in the true essence of love. And in fact, it has the potential to cause great suffering. Did someone want to say something? You hit a star six. Was there somebody that wanted to say something? It was me, Sabrina. Hi, Sabrina. How are you? I'm good. um, You know, there's been some challenges in the past days, and especially today. And one of the things I've learned is to, to see myself in the other, to see myself in what I'm judging about the other person, because I've always find that how I am being 
is what I'm seeing. <laughs> and the other way, and, and it's been really, really interesting to see that because it has given me a lot of, of a sense of responsibility over what happens in my life, really, mm-hmm. and also a way to always choose how to be. And, and and look for other ways to, of being, and, and that is that is really interesting. So thanks. That's perfect, <laughs> Sabrina. No, thank you, because I've said all along, we are all mirrors for each other, and so oftentimes when we focus on things and we judge other people for certain things, sometimes that it is a mirror for us to look at because it's really hard to look at ourselves sometimes and say, you know, I don't like that about myself. So what we do is we project things that we may not like about ourselves or things that just bug us or trigger us onto another person so we can look at it and go, yeah, I don't like that. And Hmm. so if you look at it from the point of view of, okay, if that keeps showing up in my life with every single person or, you know, if I start to see a pattern that this seems to happen, then, of course, who's the common denominator, right? We are. Yeah. Yeah, so that's perfect. Mirroring for each other is really, really powerful. That way we don't have to get attached to it um, being a, a certain way or something. We can actually look at, okay, I know that I'm mirroring. I know that I'm judging something coming up for me, so I'm going to shift that in myself. And that way you don't attract more of that in other people. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Thank you for sharing that, honey. appreciate that. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah. So... What is wrong with loving someone so much that you are attached? Well, it doesn't have to be wrong, but I will say that it's a freedom, the freedom of each person to be exactly who they are, the freedom to exist independently of each other and know that they are each perfect and whole. So it's the freedom from expectations. I keep mentioning freedom. Freedom, responsibility can mean freedom, and so can letting go of attachment. Because we can let go of those expectations. Attachment holds the mistaken belief that our beloved somehow enhances our sense of self. I'm going to say that again, because that's pretty cool. Attachment holds the mistaken belief that our beloved somehow enhances our sense of self that we are less of us without them. So you can go one step further if you want and say fear and lack are the driving forces behind that attachment. If we're afraid or we're in lack, it can really, really fuel attachment, especially when you're talking about another person. In contrast to the attachment, love does not restrict or cling. Love doesn't try to change another person. True love springs from the divine source within. Nothing can ever be added or taken away. Therefore, love does not seek to possess and capture. Love can only display its deepest nature by freely flowing and connecting with all other beings. Is there somebody that wanted to say something? Yeah, hi. Uh, uh, we've not the pleasure of meeting face-to-face. My name is Christy. Hi, Christy. Um, I'm a friend of Allison. And okay. um, I, uh, it's so interesting that this conversation that you're having this evening, I was just thinking to myself today um, that 
why do people feel that their life as an individual is less important as an individual than as it is with a couple? I'm not sure if that makes sense. Um, Absolutely it does, yes. And, and You know, I have a friend that I don't speak to very often in Seattle, and she's a very strong and very intelligent woman and, and very, um, and, and very uh, adept. In, in the business world and very well spoken and, and yet whenever we speak or I reach out to her it's the same story I need to find a man I can't find a man I'm so lonely blah 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 and you know I see I, and it's to the point where it's like why do I even speak to you like I called her when I was dealing with a cancer situation and I just needed a friend and I needed somebody that I could cry with and all I heard was the lament about my life is not complete without a, a, a mate. And I said, but your life is complete if you choose for it to be complete. Christine, that's, very, that's a very, very powerful statement, hon, that you're saying because there is there is a sense for many of us that we go outside of ourselves to say, please love me, please show me that I'm lovable. If you prove to me that I'm lovable by loving me or being with me, then I'll feel complete. But see, it's, right. it's totally the opposite the way around. Once you feel complete within yourself, right. in other words, right. you bring in your own connection, you bring in your own um, love for yourself, then what happens is you can expand that with another person. But mm-hmm. you're not asking mm-hmm. that other person to love you enough to prove that you're lovable. And so many of yeah, us go see. outside of ourselves to validate, right? Right. I, I, I signed up to, to share this. Um, power, thank you, first of all, for your, your, your powerful message. But, you know, I, I've been in hard waters the last couple of days. And, um, you know, I, I love my friends deeply and dearly. But the thing is, is that, right, I, and I've been for a couple of days just feeling so unloved and so unappreciated. And so, but I realize that it's because not for lack of love, from others, but not giving me my love and my um, m- my energy to my greatness. That's right, honey. You so know? it's your turn. It's your turn to fill yourself up with that connection. Are you in Florida? Uh, I am. Yeah. yeah are, you, am. are you in the Fort Lauderdale area? Because I will. I was. I live in Naples now. Okay. Um, well, I'll be in Fort Lauderdale but... May nineteenth. Just so everybody knows, I'm doing a free preview. Yeah there for the essence of being i'll be down there uh in that yeah. area in fort lauderdale may 19th and also june 20th i'll be there so but you can call me anytime we can do private sessions but i'd love to have you come experience the essence of being obviously i would love to experience it you know i'm a chef and my time is very tenuous but i'm having neck surgery june 22nd and i hope during my recovery time that i can that I can enroll and, and, yes, and July, be. It's July 14th through the 16th is the next one in Fort Lauderdale, everybody. July yeah, 14th. Uh, that's going to be the one. Yeah. So it sounds to me like you just need some TLC right now, and it's your turn, honey. It's your turn. Yeah. So if you want to yeah. you want to call me and we can do a private session, I would be happy to support you in that, okay? That would be lovely. But Thank you so much. You're welcome. And all you have to do is just just email me, essence, uh, Burge, at essenceofbeing.com. Mm-hmm. 
or you can just go online and you can see private sessions and we can work together. So that's Excellent. thank you for thank sharing you so that because so many of us do. We look outside of ourselves and sometimes all we need sometimes is just a hug and just say, It's gonna be okay. And also that you know, a lot of times we project our own pain and fears onto other people and it brings it yeah. up for them. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. So, all I would say to you, hun, is that you are loved and it's your turn. It's your turn Thank to you. bring in the connection and the love that you that you desire, that you choose, and that you are worthy to have and you deserve it. Thank you. You're welcome. May I um, may I jump in here? Can you hear me? Sure. Yes. Hi. Um, I'd like to follow up to this uh, lovely lady's comment. Firstly, and I think sometimes it takes us a while to realize this. We can never expect another person to be responsible for our happiness. I think a lot of people go into relationships thinking that uh, the other person is going to make uh, things right, that the whole world is going to become like a bowl full of cherries. And I think we learn eventually as we get older and hopefully are lucky to find uh, somebody in our lives that um, happiness begins with us. That's perfect. And it is unfair to expect somebody else to provide us with happiness. But following up to what uh, this lovely lady was talking about, toxic people. And I recently, um, uh, well, about two years ago, became acquainted with somebody through another friend of mine who's a very, very close friend. And this new acquaintance is just a very negative, unhappy just um, a very, very difficult person to be around. Everything's bad. It's everybody else's fault, you know, jealousy, all that sort of thing. And I would help her out if she got in a spot, but I have just basically cut the umbilical cord because I can't have anybody bring me down. So sounds like this friend may be a little bit like that, not thinking of your needs right now, but... um, um, I've dealt with a lot of family health situations over the years, lots of family members and what have you. But one thing I'd like to mention is that um, as you have this surgery, whatever, remember there's a lot of support groups out there um, where you just might find uh, just super new people to become reacquainted with or to become acquainted with that you can really connect with and you understand each other's you know, issues that you're dealing with. Because I don't think unless somebody is, is has the same disease, has the same um, situation that, you know, somebody with health issues is going through, maybe the friend out in Seattle is not intending to be selfish, but she's not getting it. Perfect. So, so take uh, advantage of, of other resources yeah. out there. Thank you for sharing that. And just so everyone knows that when you take Essence of Being or any of our programs, our workshops around the world, you are part of our healing forest community is what we call it, the healing forest. So there are people of like mind around the world that are supportive of sharing with you what the real truth is about you and holding you accountable, but also just sometimes just holding you and just saying it's going to be okay. And the whole concept that we're talking about at this moment is a little off topic, but it's important to share is the orbiting in love and that's one of my power calls that I did recently about how to orbit in love instead of fall in and out of love and that is also one of the 
uh, philosophies and things that we play with in the essence of being so you can understand that more on a cellular level about knowing that you don't need anybody outside of yourself to complete you, but the more that you feel complete, the bigger we become together as uh, a couple or you expand as opposed to becoming one person so that when you're not devastated when someone leaves, you still have you who's whole and complete. You don't need that other person to tell you or to share with you or to prove to you how important you are because you already know it. And because of that, it allows the freedom for you to grow to be even bigger than you can by yourself. It's a whole other way of looking at relationships. So I invite any of you who have not done Essence of Being to certainly come and experience that um, fully on a cellular level about how we do that. And that is something that we do in our Essence of Relationships as well. So I appreciate all of your support in that. And I just want to just bring us back to that piece about non-attachment versus detachment. So the non-attachment is not the same as detachment. It's important to clarify this. So to be to be detached can mean to be rigid or indifferent, cut off from the heart. People who are detached are often covering up their fear, the fear of not getting what they want the fear that someone may leave them, the fear of rejection. So detachment is defense against disappointment. So conversely, the non-attachment is open and spacious because you're not attached to how life should be. You're open to the infinite possibilities. You don't waste energy clinging to a job or a person or a relationship. You don't try and control others or situations. So we live in the flow of life without expectations of how people show up or even if they show up. So one of our friends, Michael Beckwith, he's a spiritual leader of Agape. We were just, a friend of ours, we were just out in California out there. Detached is, I'm not playing anymore. I'm taking my ball and going home. Whereas non-attached is, I'm playing full out, but I'm not attached to the outcome. Because my suggestion is that being attached to the outcome can limit you as how you show up or when it comes to you. It can really limit you because we have filters that come up from expectations. So in other words, let's say you go to a conference with people from all around the world and you meet somebody and you have a connection, but you know you're not going to see them again. So you decide to make the most out of the time you have and enjoy the experience. So you spend the next few days really present, being fully open, knowing that it's a finite amount of time. So you may be sad when you part ways, but you have no expectation that anything would continue past your time of that present moment. So you don't suffer. So in reality, how is that situation any different from how we engage with people in our life every day? We may think that when we meet someone, we connect with and begin a relationship, that there's this implied expectation of longevity. So life circumstances or the frailty of the human condition and the changing tide of emotions, you know, can make every relationship potentially transient. So does this mean we shouldn't open our hearts because people could leave? No. 
it means we should live fully and passionately and openly, knowing that we all have is this now moment, this now moment. Everything is impermanent. So now that we're in a relationship, let's say you're in a relationship already with somebody, knowing that it is impermanent, living fully and passionately, why do we get so upset when he leaves the toilet seat up or she checks her phone, you know, throughout the dinner? It's because of our expectations, our attachment. We tend to fall in love with the image of our significant other being their best or that perfect partner we've created in our minds. And when that person doesn't live up to that expectation, we could get disappointed and we suffer. So what do you do about it? To end the suffering, we must accept our partners, our friends, our family fully for who they are in each moment, no matter what. So take a breath. In other words, you cannot change that other person, just like Christine was talking about a few minutes ago and the other person on the phone as well. You cannot change another person. So here's my thought about relationships, you guys. There's four choices that you have when you're in a relationship of any kind, whether it be business, friends, love, whatever it is. You have four choices. The first choice is you can suffer, and everybody knows how to do that. That doesn't feel good. The second choice, you can get out and just detach from that situation or that person. And I just say that with a caveat that if you don't shift whatever you did to attract that person in the first place, you're going to keep attracting the same kind of person, so just be mindful of that. The third thing you can do is try to change the other person, and so many of us do. We think, we'll just hang in there and, you know, we'll change them. We'll fix them. It's their fault. We'll fix them. It'll make us feel better about who we are. And as many of us know, that doesn't quite work. You know, we think it might. We hang in there and try to figure it out, but it just doesn't work. Because that person, it's their choice whether they shift or not. And we're not responsible for them shifting. So the fourth, and in my opinion, the only thing that really makes sense is you shift yourself. Change your thoughts. Change your beliefs. Change your actions. Change your words. Change how you feel about certain things. In other words, have acceptance. So the difference in living from non-attachment is that you don't assign meaning to the situation. So, for instance, if your partner continues to make plans with you and then they cancel at the last minute, you have every right to feel upset about that, and but you can discontinue the relationship. You don't have to go into, I'm not good enough, why doesn't he want to be with me? So you don't take on their... Um, their influence, and you turn it into yourself. You accept your partner in the situation as it is and then make a decision. You may decide that your time is more valuable and that you choose not to be in relationship with that person. The secret is acceptance. Acceptance of the situation, acceptance of the other person, and acceptance of yourself. So, This is a perfect opportunity for what you guys were talking about. When you start practicing non-attachment in your intimate relationships, 
you will open one of the pathways that leads to unconditional love. Only a non-attached person can truly love unconditionally. That's why our pets are awesome, right? They're not really attached without expecting anything in return. Okay, maybe my my dog wants his treat that he'd like to have, but you know, we're not. They're not expecting anything in return. They come to the door every day, wagging their tail, and don't expect anything except just unconditional love to show you what that looks like. So we've seen that letting people be exactly who they are in each moment, free from judgment or expectation, allows that unconditional love to flow. Okay? So how do we do that in everyday life? So first and foremost, our non-attachment is a state of mind. So new attachment will always threaten to form. So non-attachment must be a mindset. It's about living in a way that goes with the natural flow of things and respect the impermanence of all life. The next step is to identify the ego. Now, the ego, built through years of conditioning, is what convinces us that we're separate. We're a separate entity, disconnected from all other living and non-living things. It's an image that we have of ourselves, our perception. But it isn't really who we are. Non-attachment is ultimately about realizing the truth of ourselves. That is, that realizing that we are an expression of the entire whole. There is ultimately, ultimately nothing to attach to because we are all connected. Does that blow your mind? Blows my mind. Yes. Yeah. So a great way to be aware of the ego and take a step closer to living with a non-attached mind is practice mindfulness. So here's the tool for tonight is as you travel throughout the day, be mindful of everything you're doing, whether it's working, writing, or eating. So, for example, just try that. If you're eating a sandwich, think about how the bread feels and it crunches in your mouth, the smell of the bread. Be mindful of each bite. If your partner calls you, actively listen to that partner, to that business partner. Try not to think ahead of what he or she might say or how you're going to answer. Just be mindful. Be fully present in each moment. Observe yourself doing it, okay? So be open to whatever comes up for you. Be mindful that you're not asleep to your own thoughts and your own feelings. And another tool to use is radical acceptance. So radical acceptance allows you to accept both the joys and the sorrows of life with the same energy. Your, our depths of our sorrows are totally correlated to the height of our joy. By accepting every situation exactly as it is, you're free from the longing of holding on to a joy and the tension of trying to release a sorrow. So Tara Brock, she's the author of Radical Acceptance. She explains it this way. She says, clearly recognizing what is happening inside us and regarding what we see with an open, kind, and loving heart is radical acceptance. If we're holding back from any part of our experience, if our heart shuts out any part of who we are and what we feel, 
we're fueling the fears and feelings of separation that sustain this trance that we're unworthy. And so ultimately our freedom is to live in an unattached life, a life free from expectations. So people say, well, Burge, I mean, how can you do that? So how I do it is this. I say, look, if you want to be attached to something, don't be attached to the outcome because you can limit how your outcome is going to be. Be attached to the journey. That's what you can be attached to. Be attached to that journey. Let go of the expectation. And one of my favorite ways to explain this is if you do puzzle pieces, if you do any kind of a jigsaw puzzle, do you know how you're looking for a jigsaw puzzle? And you're looking for a specific piece that you're trying to put into the puzzle, and you get really attached to that piece. You've got to find that piece, got to find that piece. And then you all of a sudden, you let go of the attachment of finding that piece, and it opens up a whole other way to look in the box. And you find another piece that you can put into that puzzle that goes somewhere else. So each time, so then you go back to the piece, and you go back to the piece you're looking for. Where's that piece? Where's that piece? Oh, wait a minute. There's another piece. I'll let go of that attachment, and I'll find another piece. Oh, I didn't even see that there. That one will go into another piece of the puzzle. So each time you let go of the expectation, or you let go of that puzzle piece, it widens and opens you up to something maybe you didn't even see. And while you do that, you're completing your puzzle. So right before your very eyes, your puzzle comes together because you let go of the attachment. And one of my... I just got back from California. I was there a week doing... really attached to it being a certain way and, and it had to be a certain way. And I had to really let go of that attachment and really just open myself up to what... I'm limiting myself. I have to allow myself to let go and let something else come in that's going to be even better than I expected. So if you really want to get attached to something, get attached to the journey of it. Be mindful. Be present. Let go of the expectation because it could set you up for disappointment. Let go. Let go. And also... Enjoy the ride and not take on that it's your responsibility to save the world or to make people feel a certain way. So I hope that you got something out of the hour tonight, working together like Bur- this. Burgess, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm uh-huh. sorry to interrupt, but yeah. I, I wanted to um, recommend, if I may, um, a couple of books that I've been okay. reading because you mentioned the radical, except this is Christy again. I'm so sorry. Okay, it's okay. Um, I just finished um, Radical Forgiveness. Yeah, he's one of my great And it, it, it blew my mind. It, it blew my mind. It took me five years to read it, but it blew Colin, my mind. Colin Tipping, he's one of my graduates. Yes. He's done everything. Yes. Being, and actually, he's, he he decided he was going to write that book, Radical Forgiveness, in my graduate-level class. So he was Excellent. in my graduate-level class and said, I'm going to write a book, and I'm going to call it Radical Forgiveness. And so we worked together with him for years on, on oh, really coming through all these forgiveness things. So it's very powerful. Excellent. Yeah. Now, now I'm reading Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth and Radical Self-Forgiveness, and I, it's just blowing my mind. So I just wanted to say that a lot of what you spoke of tonight is things that I've been practicing for years, and I'm just kind of off my path. 
and I need somebody to firmly plant their foot up my ass and kick me back on my path. Well, how about if we just lovingly um, um, slap you around? How about that? That's great. I'm in. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. So come to a class, which leads me to uh, I am going to be in the Fort Lauderdale area doing a free preview for Essence of Being. It's a free class for two hours, May 19th in Pompano Beach. June 20th, I'll be in Fort Lauderdale. July 14th through the 16th, I'll be doing the Essence of Being there. October 27th through the 29th, I'll be in Atlanta doing the Essence of Being. And I have a lot of graduate-level classes going on throughout the year. So uh, those are the main classes that I do the Essence of Being, which are the flagship courses. Uh, But I'll be doing others. It's just also we'll be in Tallahassee uh, at the end of July is the plan. Uh, It hasn't confirmed yet, but that's the plan. So... I hope to see all of you there at some point to play with me again. And my next my next power hour is June 21st. And guess what we're going to talk about? Da, da, da. Why am I here and what is my purpose? Da, 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 da. So that's going to be our next power hour. And again, please go on essenceofbeing.com, check our schedule of events coming near you, and we can play together. So hopefully this was helpful to all of you. And I look forward to playing. So I'm going to unmute everybody so we can all say so long and so I can hear your Bert, voice. Is it possible to take a question? Um, sure. No? i got one minute. Yeah. Um, Bert, this is Sharon. I just wanted to um, find out how you suggest that we let go of situations that involve... Um, somebody who's in the process of dying. Oh, perfect. Thank and, you. And yes. serious and serious yes. illness that well, needs um, I'm a very care. Yes, there there are many many things we can do uh in order to do that. And first of all, you love that person and you ask that person either on a nonverbal way or a verbal way and just say I lovingly allow you to um to do what you need to do. You know, this is your choice. And so there's a lot of different ways to let go of that, and I have a lot of wonderful ceremony. And again, um, if you want to email me, burge at essenceofbeing.com, certainly uh, I'll be happy to support you in that with the different ways of doing that. But um, uh, I have been very fortunate to be at a lot of uh, people passing through the veil, and I've also been at people's births. And uh, I'm a doula, so I do the birth and, and the death at the same time. Not the same time, but the, the same energy is really powerful. So it is a powerful, powerful uh, position to be in. So um, I would just say overall, love yourself, love that person, and know that they're making a choice that's best and the highest good for all concerned. Thank you. And, yes, and for you to find peace through that, I've got a lot of different ways we can work through that and, it's, and sometimes it just takes some time and some understanding okay does that help yes thank you you're welcome and please please email me because i've got a great ceremony for you that will i think will support you through this in a very real way okay okay thank, thank you. you for asking so again i'm going to unmute everybody so we can say so long here before we turn off the recording so
Okay, everybody. Bye, birds. I love you. You're awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye, Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Love you. Bye. Love you. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. See you soon. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye.